episode six of season two how does that feel meg i feels great i mean this is uh, in terms of the number of episodes we put out like the 30th i think the yeah. 31st something 31st, like that I think. crazy yeah. um, and bear in mind obviously the, the thing is that well no it's actually more like our 30 second 30 yeah you know we're now sort of a quarter of the way nearly through our second season it's crazy it's 25 percent. i know anyway uh we're back again this week yeah. um i'm back Hi, I'm Adam. I'm Meg. And I'm back again. My name is Becca. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, uh, so we're rejoined again this week by uh, Becca. Yep. Uh, if you've been following so far, you will need no reminder of what the format of the show is. But for those of you that are joining us for your first time this week, um, Living the Viva Voce is a PhD podcast. In it, we get 20 minutes to do our research on a topic that we are given at random by a guest supervisor. Myself, Meg, and our lovely guest, Becca, will then spend 20 minutes doing research and get seven and a half minutes each uh, to present what we find. So I think without any further ado, yeah, let's go for it. we'll hear from our guest supervisor now. Hello and welcome. I am your supervisor, Professor Aubrey Vikingson, head of the Department of Scary Anthropology at the McCobb University. Joining our course this week, serial academics Meg Zhang and Adam Green, and a newcomer to the Live in La Vida Vocha PhD circuit. Unfortunately, due to pumpkins raining down from the sky, we've had to shorten the length of our academic program, so our candidates will have to complete their research in one hour. Today's topic is, what is the deal with human sacrifice? Why was it an ancient gloaming phenomena, and what did these people hope to accomplish through it? To help them structure their work, we've given them 20 minutes to do their research and seven and a half minutes to present. Without further ado, your time starts now. Oh, go for it. Go for it. (laughs) 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 You will need to clap again. You will need to clap again. That was was chaotic. Oh my God, we should keep that. (laughs) Uh, Go ahead and give us another clap. Alright, similar to last week's episode, um, listeners, if you don't uh, get this pattern, oh, by the way, the 20 minutes have started, but um, listeners, if you haven't gotten this pattern, uh, we do record with our guests multiple episodes in one sitting. Uh, This is, of course, the most pragmatic thing for uh, myself and Adam as PhD students, for um, Becca, uh, for our guests, in all senses, you know, as as young workers. And for anyone that loves their kidneys. Yes, and for anyone that loves their kidneys. You know, we are drinking uh, the delicious uh, amber natural wine blend, some uh, Polish vodka. And, um, you know, it's just, it's, it really is just lovely having um, our guest on for, for mul- more than one episode, I frankly. I feel like this is going to be our most controversial episode. You've shattered the illusion. There are hundreds of guests out there. Yeah. Every week. We, every before, week, days before, we, 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 we grab them and, and we're like, God, please come. They come back for three weeks in a row. I know. And you've ruined that notion no, now. It's I know. Gone. It's difficult. If anything, I try my very hardest to dispel that myth <laughs> every single episode. Okay, well, with human sacrifice, oh, I have to erase all of my chicken's content. That's true tragedy. I mean, you asked a really interesting question uh, before we recorded about kind of the 
nature of human sacrifice, right? Or like potential definitions. Yeah. Yeah, is is that my lead-in to, to, <laughs> yeah, to re-ask my question yeah, to, the, to the audience? If we really want to show the backbone of our... Yes. To yeah. camera, to camera. To camera, go, 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 camera B, go, go, go. Yeah, so basically, I was like looking for some clarification, which I was told I, I don't get any and I can just kind of choose. Um, but basically, what my question was is, are we counting human sacrifice as in like sacrificial ceremonies in which someone else is sacrificed or and like someone is selected to be sacrificed or is it more of like a self-sacrifice like for instance like you know falling on your sword type of thing yeah like Um, self-sacrifice yeah Yeah. as opposed to like maybe that like sacrificing someone else or maybe you are that person being sacrificed but it's an audience coming together and like choosing or selecting this is very interesting and and it is interesting because I would say that human sacrifice, like the kind of two ter- two words put together, makes it sound like very, very um, archaic, very anthropological. And of course, our guest does come from an anthropology background, so I'm not very surprised that she offered. Do uh, I come from an anthropology background? Well, I mean, our guest, our guest super, our guest supervisor. Oh. The uh, yeah, but um, nothing is tailored to you. Nothing. Nothing. A lackey. Yeah. <laughs> No, but it is interesting because I would say that like perhaps in the 20th century, I would I would see like human sacrifice even as like, like, I don't know, like a mother sacrificing herself for her child or something, right? Or like a lover sacrificing themselves for, you know, whatever. It's, it's, it's far more individual than, um, like you said, like a, 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 like a group gathering together with, you know, one unnamed person being sacrificed for like a greater good or something, right? But I don't know. We shall see. Un- unlike the previous episode, I have no initial uh, spark of inspiration. Neither do I, but then I, I ripped it out of the bag at like yeah. the five second mark. It was, it was a Hail Mary pass. Let's see. Ooh. And since we were most recently talking about Fox, now in my browser history, I typed in human. And I was going to type in sacrifice, Sounds and instead now my now my <laughs> oh. now my now my browser wants it's saying human fox, human canine, and human teeth, and human canine teeth are now my top human teeth. The, I think the mean? worst. The oh, worst. What does that mean? Human canine. Oh no. What the is human it, what's canine. A human fox. <laughs> no, I know what it means. What is it? Should I click on it? It's just it's just a picture of Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly. Oh. No, I don't know. It is a fox. A human fox. I'm going to put There's that in human here. fox gene. I mean, it's, listeners, it's a lot of furries. If that's your stuff. Oh, shoot. Oh, I don't want to. Okay. Ew, gross. <laughs> no, I don't think as a young man you can make those kinds of. <laughs> no, I can't. No. I'm going to go through my search history. Right? Now. You're so young and so potentially employable. Maybe don't make those kinds of jokes just yet. Um, yeah, go out, go and get like a decent job where you'll you'll like be able to look after us for a few years before you make those kind exactly. of Exactly. Is there a such thing as a human wolf? <laughs> as can imagine, uh, a lot of these oh. topics are really sad. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of trans species? Yeah. I don't think this is relevant to this. <laughs> no, I, I think with the human the human wolf. It's very relevant. Have you have you seen that? Uh, this might be a few years old now, like that 2013, 2014 video, where that girl was like, 
I identify as half human, half wolf. I don't. Okay, well, no, there's a lot of, like, you know, like, a lot of people, I think, in, like, the furry community, for instance, right, where, like, uh, they see what they do as, uh, like, community bonding and stuff like that. And, like, also, like, a lot of their interests and a lot of, like, how they, like, construct their identity as, I would say, that which surpasses, like, um, normative constructions of human, right? Who here knows the furry? No, we're not going down that territory. <laughs> I will not risk our potential furry demographic. <laughs> no, we need all of we need all the listeners we can get. Furries, oh, you guys are awesome. Are you kidding me? Okay, oh, yeah. who, knows, who knows a brony? Oh, I know actually several. I, so. I know one brony. Yes. Yeah. Bro, no, how good. would you describe brony? And that's our last hand here before I'm I'm shutting up and digging into. Wait, has has our twenty minutes started? Oh, it has. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're at thirteen minutes. <laughs> I love, I love when Becky comes back and she's like, Oh God. Time started. I pressed the button when you did your clap. <laughs> the second, the successful one. Oh, I forgot about that. Um, um, no, okay, so um, do you remember My Little Pony, the small toy that later yeah. became a cartoon? Yeah. Well, there's a subsection of the adult white male community which really like my little there's pony. an adult white male community yeah <laughs> <laughs> well that specifically really enjoys uh, their one uh their one strife their one element of diversity anyway they're called bronies yes um and they are bros that are into my little pony yeah there you go oh it's man. one of those it's almost like meme culture isn't yeah it? Meme it is culture at the extreme oh man okay honestly if you go on like if you put in human sacrifice into wikipedia you get a lot of like stuff from like Aztec, and then you get a lot of neo-Nazi stuff. So yeah. it's uh, I'm gonna try my very hardest to avoid both of those. <laughs> Would not like to talk about neo-Nazis. Um... Well, my search history is getting worse. I know we gotta <laughs> we gotta keep things light and fun. Oh my god. Okay, this is really depressing. I'm gonna. What's a fun thing that I can? What's a fun thing that I can pull out of? I just googled, out of sacrifice. Yeah, out of human sacrifice. I just yeah. googled how many humans need to die to bring carbon emissions down. Oh my <laughs> gosh! No. What's I, the answer? I don't like that. That's bordering on eco-fascism, and I don't like that one bit. What's the answer? Get, like. <laughs> what is the not? What's the answer? I don't know. I haven't got an answer because no one's that insane. Yeah. No one's that I'm, crazy. I'm sure there are people who are... Yeah, but I don't think it should be Google result number one. If one billion people died, would it fix climate change? How political can I get? Whoa, uh... Oh, no, please, go... You can go wild. political, yeah. Oh. Yeah, this is... We are a free speech podcast. Oh! What? Uh. I have my topic, actually. And mine is also not gonna be like it's. N let's just say it's not gonna be backyardchickens.com, <laughs> right? Like it's gonna. Hey, you it's want gonna, them I know, but it's gonna have some 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 dark meat to it, as it were. Uh, Apparently, new scientist has got my answer to human genocide, but I need a subscription to. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't that doesn't that speak words? Doesn't that speak volumes? Uh, I've got a poignant talk now. This talk is going to be. I hope this talk will not be dark, but it, I'm sure that all of our talks are going to be like poignant. You know what I mean? I don't. I, no, hold on. Human sacrifices talk shouldn't generally be poignant. Okay. 
Like poignant means current and relevant. No, poignant means like emotionally effective, you know? Like I disagree. No, I, I, uh, uh, hang on. Uh, can now, you disagree with the definition? Yeah, can you disagree with the definition? I'm about to pull this stuff up. Hey, what does poignant say? What does that say, Hot? Can you read that for me? Hold on, hold on. I'm looking up a definition. Look at what I'm Webster. Read it for me. What does it say? Into the mic. Painfully affecting the feelings. Deeply affecting. Yo, hey, what are those? What What did I say? Did I say emotionally effective? I think I did. Designed to make an impression. Cutting is a synonym. Yeah. See, now listeners, what he's doing is he's trying to like go down to really try to see if he can find one that is applicable no, to no, his no. definition. I will, I will concede. I will concede. I will concede that I made a mistake. But it does say that there is a direct link to like satire, and I would conjecture that satire is only satire if it is relevant. No, but but that's not the definition of poignant. Okay. okay. Thank you. But effect. Okay. So are you saying that human sacrifice in the modern day should be affecting? No, I'm saying I'm I'm not disputing anything to do with your topic. I'm just simply telling you the definition of poignant. We weren't disputing anything to do with my topic. I merely said like. Like, it's surprising how many of our talks are poignant, given the fact that obviously human sacrifice in theory is something of a, of a practice of the olden days, mm. of, the, of, of, of a bygone era. Anyways, I'm going to stop. I, I will be the bigger person and pull out of this disagreement. Um, okay, can I ask what kind of uh, topics are you guys coming from? Eco-fascism. Oh God. Becca, how about you? What, what kind of, if you care to share, uh, avenue are you going down? Um, I'm going down the domestic, uh, like domesticity and domestic oh. route. Adam, how about yourself? Sorry. <laughs> No, hold on, rewind. What do you mean, domesticity? Domesticating <laughs> human sacrifice? Hold on, have I spaced you'll, out? You'll, uh, <laughs> you'll find out. I you'll. feel like I'm too high to keep track of where we are now because I'm like, hold on, what do you mean, domesticity of human sacrifice? <laughs> like, it's a Mattel version for kids. <laughs> get Mary Antoinette uh, guillotined. Yeah. Her head really detaches. <laughs> no, like like domestic as in like familial life. Okay, that feels like it's gonna be very grim actually. Guys, I actually haven't got any notes whatsoever. I think I'm just gonna wing it. Oh boy. Well, there you go. Wait, well, how much time have we got? On the oh yeah, we need to check. Three and a half minutes. Okay, I have not got anything. One minute left. Okay, I'm I'm done mine. Adam, I thought you said you didn't have anything. I'm so intently focused, you have no idea. I don't think you realise, I'm so high right now that oh I Oh my re- god. I actually am struggling to do anything. Time's up. Oh no. Oh man. You distracted me. You siren. <laughs> okay, that's, that's time. Uh, okay, well, Becca, I feel like with three episodes, you now have a true hang on the process. I think... Um, I think you should go first. I think I should go second, and Adam, Adam will go third. Yes. Oh man, you're gonna make me go first. Yes, because you went last and middle the last two times. So oh, I think man. it is. I think okay. it is only fair. All I think right. it is only All fair. All right. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Haggard. <laughs> Here goes nothing. All right. So again, hi, I'm Becca, 
Um, and my talk today is going to be called Women's Work, Body, and Emotional Labor. Mm. Um, so I wanted to think about sacrifice as in self-sacrifice. So, so human, just with the whole rabbit hole that we were talking about, about that we were trying to avoid with human sacrifice, I wanted to instead take it in self-sacrifice. So the definition of self-sacrifice is the giving up of one's own intent, interests or wishes in order to help others or advance a cause. Um, so I thought that the, a really great way to go with this would be thinking of motherhood and childcare in particular. So um, for instance, so I wanted to start by talking about some statistics. So single mothers, we, we often hear daddy issues and it's mm. blamed on a child as if it's that daughter's fault when actually like the whole creation of, of daddy issues is because the father is not present or is causing trauma, like is present but is causing trauma. Um, and so I wanted to think about this in terms of single mothers. So worldwide, um, I found a statistic that says that 101.3 million oh women are single mothers. Um, in the U.S. alone, that number is 15.49 million. That's crazy. That's, That's a ridiculously yeah. large chunk of that 101 million. Yeah. Um, so, but then thinking about, so single mothers have to do so much to be able to provide for their children because they are the sole provider in many instances or one of the main providers if, you know, there are other family members who are helping out. Um, but then that's not even referencing all the women who are then, you know, stay-at-home moms or who are working moms who then have to come home and take care of the children. So, for instance, stay-at-home mothers in the United States, 29% of of women are stay-at-home mothers. Yeah. So, uh, or stay or 29% of mothers are stay-at-home yes, mothers. Yes, stay-at-home mothers. Yes, not yes. All, of all women. Sorry. Um, so. And then that's, that's not even to mention the other side of that statistic of all the women who are then working and then coming home to take care of children who are then, um, you know, their children are in childcare and then they come home and they're expected to cook and clean and make sure that the kids do their homework and stuff like that. Um, so then I ended up going down a rabbit hole of thinking of childcare workers. So we can think of motherhood as, as in relation to childcare. So, because, okay, so for instance, all the women who are then forced to work, no yeah. one else can take care of, obviously stay-at-home dads are a thing, but definitely not nearly as, as... And can I just say, I feel like with dads who really step up, I mean, even, even the term, even like the language I'm using, dads stepping up, right? Like right, exactly. showing like... Not like it's an achievement just yeah, to be present. No, yeah, yeah. Like it's, a, it's, it's achievement to be a parent, right? Like this idea that like, oh, if a dad brings a kid to their Zoom meeting or even like in person, right? They're this like great dad who's like trying to bring their, trying to like spend time with their kids but like if a woman does it then they're seen as unprofessional or they're seen as like oh like clearly you're too disorganized or something to like organize childcare. the bizarre thing to me is like you know in in this one era like obviously i'm sort of coming into the start of parenthood age as you as you know and like we know people now that are getting like having kids and stuff like that right and you know think about people my age people a few years older than me stuff it wasn't like their dads were absent 
right? It wasn't like there was this mass, like, like amount of dads being absent. So why is it still seen as such an achievement for our generation and the generation above us to be present as fathers? Yeah, but I mean, even the statistic that, Becca, you said, like, 15% of women today, right, are single mothers. That's... That's crazy. substantial. That That's no, sub- no, 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 not fifteen percent. Fifteen million. Women oh, sorry, in the sorry, sorry, exactly. Yeah. Oh, sorry, fifteen yeah. million. I, I don't know what the it's percentage ridiculously is. Ridiculously, but but that's ridiculous. It probably is higher than fifteen percent, unfortunately. Um, it's actually not fifteen percent. Uh, I think it's five percent. Is that? I think so. Okay. Well, and oh, well, then it's I'm glad. One, I don't it's know. About one twentieth, I think, of the US or one thirtieth. US population about three and a half yeah percent. I don't know well in any case that's still I mean that, it's that still crazy also isn't including prior single mothers who you know sure. who then like yeah. you know their children are grown now also in fairness you should consider that it's only the female US population that could be to begin with sure so really yeah. or people who can like yeah identify as being a mother or something yeah. like that yeah yeah and that this statistic also doesn't include you know single mothers who are in their parents house who like you know sure. the parents are help like especially with teenage pregnancies where you yeah. know that daughter would still be living at home. Yeah. Um, so, but anyway, so this got me thinking of of childcare workers as well. Um, so a recent statistic uh, from this where did I get this? Um, the National Women's Law Center um, cites that there are nine out of ten childcare workers are women, mm. um, and actually five out of ten of those those um women are women of color which i like that is again a shockingly high number and this i think all ties into that idea of emotional labor Mm. so not only are you so we have this ridiculously high number of stay-at-home mothers single mothers um and childcare workers who are women but then like there's also this emotional work that has to go into you know raising the children and also you know like in our last talk of the whole domesticating men, but yes. actually domesticating women, there are so many extra tasks that yes. are not understood as tasks. It's just seen as expected. Like, it's expected that women yeah. do laundry. It's expected yeah. that women do the cleaning. It's expected yeah. that. And I think now we're working towards not doing that as much, but it's still that, like, because of the patriarchy, it is like what the does it, What does it mean that women... Wh- or not women, what does it mean that stay-at-home moms don't get paid, right? Don't get money, right? Like, in fact, it's by them being stay-at-home moms that they save money. Like, what does that mean, right? Like, when we conceptualize it as saving money rather than as, like, earning money, right? I don't know. So, I know I'm running out of time, but (laughs) just as a very quick note, I wanted this to be a bigger part of my thing, but unfortunately I need to spend more time on that other part. But um, I also wanted us to talk about... um, just women's bodies and the um, and the work that goes into having children also that men also don't have to to deal with which so there's human sacrifice in also these changes that happen to your body that you are like they're and oftentimes unreversible like for instance even little things like your foot changes its size like that mm-hmm. like that's a very major thing that so many people like most men that I've talked to like don't even know that that's a thing um but then, like, there's all these other problems like diabetes that can develop because of pregnancy. Yeah. Um, so there's so much work that goes into being. Yeah, so there's so much up. sacrifice. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> but um, but 
anyway, so both bodily and also in regards to emotional labor, there's so much work that goes into being a mother, and there's so much sacrifice involved. So um, into motherhood yeah. and childcare in general. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Stop. 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 Honestly, excellent talk. Like I, I completely agree. Like I, I've done some work on kind of um, communal living and like architectural designs that improve um women's labor and like the kind of like domestic labor that you were talking about i don't know it's fascinating um i mean you adhere to the letter of the talk even if not the spirit of the talk oh that is how is that not the spirit of human sacrifice no i'm joking listen i was closer than you were with your domesticating men amen amen well well, that is true that is true no, I actually thought that was a really good, yeah. good talk, actually. I think, like, I, I think that it's, it's always great when people go off topic, particularly, like, yeah. like, you go, oh, look, like, I've got this topic, I've got this completely tangentially related topic. But no, I think that, you know... But it was still tangential. No, yes, this is true. No, 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 I'm serious. No, I do think it was a really good talk. Yeah. I think it was really informative. I think that it really contextualized human sacrifice because we still think about it in very narrow yeah. terms, right? Yeah. Oh, human sacrifice is like sacrificing humans. It's not, you know, be, what being a human is, which mm-hmm. I think, like, you know, when you talk about stuff like the kind of motherly sacrifice really is actually sort of what being a human is. I I know. Wow, deep. Um, Adam is so high at this point, I think, like, <laughs> is going to be a real struggle to... Do you want me to go next? No, I'm going to go next because of... No, I haven't played second before. But I haven't played second before, have I? You sure. Oh, I have. Shoot. Oh, God. <sighs> okay, Adam will go second. <laughs> okay. Uh, thank you very much for conceding the floor, Meg. Um, I, I, thank, I thank my right honourable me- right <sighs> friend for yielding the floor. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whoop. All right, whenever you're ready. <clears throat> uh, hello, and uh, my name is Adam Green. My talk is entitled... Climate change, Mother Nature's human sacrifice. Oh my god. <laughs> Don't say anything that, like, we can't publish this episode because we, Becca, we love you, but we need, logistically, pragmatically, we need more episodes. So please don't say anything that will make this completely unpublishable. A manifesto of eco fascism. No! No, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. I'm yeah, joking. guys, Most- we're against eco fascism, please. Mostly. No. No! Oh my god. Cutting out all of this, God. Yeah, that's we're gone. Um, No, so um, humans consume a lot of resources in order to live. Kind of a known fact, right? Like, you know, it's kind of the human condition condition to consume. (laughs) I I'd say that arguably the experience tonight has been proof of that. Like, there's literally a half-drunk bottle of Belvedere vodka in front of me. Uh, I've ploughed my way through like seven dairy milks and uh, a half a weed pen. Um, so consumption is the name of the game, which yeah. is unfortunate. Anyway, um, the thing is... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, okay. <laughs> Not all humans consume resources in equal amounts. That's very fair. You know, um, and, and as North Americans and as, as Europeans... Yeah. We are probably the most guilty of this. Uh, by and far, well, well, plus Australia, you're not getting out of it that easily. Uh, <laughs> fucking Oceania. Um, One element of it, yes. Yeah, no. Um, you know, mostly 
it is, it is Europeans and it is, it is particularly North Americans who consume such a vast amount of like per capita CO2. Anyway, um, I, I wanted to talk about something, and this isn't actually eco-fascism, I was joking, but I wanted to talk about, you know, when never, Mother Nature inevitably does reach the point where it makes the choice for us rather than us making the choice, right? Um, I wanted to talk about like how our CO2 would be reduced in terms of pure human loss. Um, it's just very depressing. But this is very depressing. Um, and, and here's Where are you getting this evidence from? Okay, so I've done I've done some research, and this is a bit of, <laughs> and I've done some calculations here. I've got calculations for you. I hope you're ready. The Wait, numbers. So, you, so you've done some. So, what, what are what are you? Yeah, what uh, are your sources? Yes. Okay, so I've taken the populations of various countries around the world, countries and regions. Yeah. And I've taken their per capita, mm-hmm. which is obviously per population yeah. consumption, right? And I've asked two questions: If we were to sacrifice humans in the most optimal way, right? How many of them would we have to sacrifice in order to achieve the necessary CO2 reduction um, to meet our climate, tar- our, our CO2, our gas emission targets, right? So essentially, in order to achieve um, net zero CO2, we need to um, consume 80% less CO2. Oh dear. <laughs> That's not a good number. It's a lot. That's a lot. You now, now you'd think, right? All things being equal, we need to sacrifice eighty percent of the human population, right? Yeah. No. no, of course not, right? Yeah. If everyone doesn't consume an equal amount. Yeah. Right. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. You'll be pleased to know, only Europe and the USA have to go for us to achieve it. Oh a man! <laughs> Whoops. Well, unfortunately, I guess this is our last episode of Little Love Your Version. Let me put perspective for you. Yeah. Okay, in reality, yeah, that's only a it's slightly less than twelve percent of the human population. And you know what, though, in the grand, uh, yeah, if we were to truly transcend uh, American-centric, uh, you know, Eurocentric, North American, yeah, Western-centric uh, thing, you know, I mean, it's a, a comparatively, it is a small, it is okay. a small sacrifice. So let me know. Well, it says it says the only one who's not from yes! Europe or I am America. Yes, I'm Actually, it's North America. It's North. I can imagine oh, okay. it is. North, okay. I'm not surprised. Um, yes, I, I am not okay. surprised. It's okay. okay. It's okay. So I, that's, that's a yeah. dark way to think about it, right? I just yeah. wanted to put that out there because I thought that was quite Well, you nearly made it. Yeah. Okay, but here's the flip side, right? I've asked another question. Given the way Mother Nature will do it, which yes. will be affecting low-lying regions first, yes. how much of the human population will die before we ultimately achieve equilibrium? Because yeah. that's what Mother Nature will do for us. She'll start wiping us out bit by bit until just enough of us are left alive yeah. that actually equilibrium is achieved. Mm. 62% of the human population would have to die if Mother Nature did it wow. her way. Wow. Well, I mean, yeah. then there you go. And that's the choice we're making right now at well, COP26. No. no, it is the choice we're making right now at COP26. <laughs> or we're making COP26. Yeah. Is we're sacrificing places like the Marshall Islands, which contribute barely any CO2. Yes, 100%. And yet their entire population will be wiped out. 100%. Or 100%. displaced. Or any yeah. number of other things, like. So no, this is not, a, this is not a, a, an endorsement of eco-fascism, yeah. but I did want to put into perspective the sheer number of people that will die if we 
as a very small number of people don't start to make some modest sacrifices. 100%, 100%. I mean, it's crazy. Like, I, I think what, what really angers me about, like, eco-fascism is this notion that, like, oh, people shouldn't have kids anymore because children consume a lot of, you know, materials, yeah. right? Yeah. Or they're, like, very carbon, you know, uh, yeah. unfriendly, as it were, right? Or, like, oh, you know, people need to stop... Um, it, using so many straws or like using so sure. many plastic bags when it's like no like the bigger changes we need to make are like why are these corporations or like why is such a small percent of the human race that you know consuming like disproportionate amounts of you know carbon and oil and you know a, a number of other things right like that's what's fucked up right yeah. Um, the moment we start employing things like you can't have kids, right? Or um, you have to c watch what you consume, you have rations. You're targeting people who are already disenfranchised. No, and I think obviously the other thing is, and, and perhaps the point that I didn't clearly articulate in the yeah. book, but I would just stress, is that if the USA or Europe or USA and Europe reduced their carbon emissions by 85%, the rest of the world only needs to reduce it by like 50 percent that's mm. how much of a dramatic difference five percent more in europe and the us can make compared to 50 percent more somewhere like africa right um it's just this like pure economy of scales that we have not just in our consumption but in our ability to reduce consumption yeah well time's up there you go yeah. Yeah, this was, this was you and your last five minutes of stone frenzy, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Eco-fascism. Eco-fascism. Still anti-eco-fascists we are. I need to emphasize that again and again so that... You wait next week. Yeah, next week we discuss. Um, okay. Um, I guess it's my turn. I will, I will end things off. So, I, I will... Hi, hi, my name is Meg. Today I will be presenting... <laughs> I would like to say that actually my talk is a very good, um, I would say actually a, a nice amalgamation of the two of yours um, talks, certainly Adam's. Um, so eco-fascist. No, it's not. It's, it's, um, it involves the domestic sphere partially, and it definitely involves um, climate change and uh, calculated, calculated genocide, calculated sacrifice. No, I mean, that's what it's called. Um, it is called... Uh, what have we sacrificed, uh, modern human sacrifice, in the age of COVID-19? I know, I know, uh, don't talk about COVID-19, that's the, that's the age we live in, listeners, COVID okay? COVID-19 what? COVID-19 what? What are you talking about? <laughs> what? Um, I, you know, I, I have listed a number of different things that I think this pandemic has really shown us about how we look at the concept of human sacrifice. Um, in the 21st century, right? Because we, um, like myself, I'm sure my fellow researchers, we when take we take it for granted, no, when we get the topic like human sacrifice, I put it immediately into Wikipedia, and I was like, okay, what, what, what kind of shit is it gonna come up with? And it was kind of like two different uh, things on the the opposite sides of the spectrum, right? One was like this very very old, right, as kind of Aztec. Uh, you know, like primitive uh, nature, right? Like, like Becca said about like 
people coming together, this very kind of communal element. Or it was like neo-Nazis, where it was like these kind of fringe cults, uh, kind of alt, uh, you know, groups that were, you know, uh, looking at human sacrifice as something very, very uh, controversial, right? Like the, the purpose of it is to stun, right? And is to shock. Um, and I was like, I don't really want to contend with either of them because one, they make me really sad, and two, I think it's unoriginal. Um, so <laughs> I, I, I want to talk to you. You always strive to not be original, or to always be <laughs> always original. be original, always be innovative. That's how you get the funding. Um, so I, I kind of want to talk about. Uh, Even if you just say something slightly different. Yeah, but like catchier, wittier, pithier. Yeah. The, the, or make the, up your own word. Make up your own word, your own phrase. Are you the kidding Nazis me? Nazis are so like... I, it's so day. 20th century. Um, but I think what's really interesting is um, this kind of was inspired by a book that I've been struggling to get through. It's, it's kind of like your... It's almost like a... Um, who's that guy? Kellerman? Like Joseph Kellerman, James Kellerman or whatever his name is. James Patterson, that's his name. James Patterson. <laughs> Sorry, you struggled to get through James Patterson. I, okay, but you know, like that kind of genre where it's, you know, it's like, it's very popular. Is it, this uh, he, it is. he writes like all different, like he has kids' books and, oh, teens, does he? and teens' books, so I'm going to need a specific. <laughs> okay, but. Uh, James Patterson. He has things in like almost every genre. Now. I, okay, what I will say though is, is the kind of um, like adult. Uh, like crime, crime oh, okay. you know, kind of, you know, big, big, very classic dramatic Patterson. thriller, classic Patterson, right? Um, I'm reading a book right now uh, that is like uh, this academic who proposes regarding COVID-19, what if we calculatedly call the elderly um, and uh, demographics of the disabled and those with pre-existing respiratory conditions like do it do it <laughs> no but like what if you know that was the kind of uh starting point which is like instead of you know having to have all these crazy lockdowns having to like structure and spend billions of dollars um vaccinating every what if we kind of just cut out the middle like what if we got rid of those who are quote-unquote die anyways right um and i and i remember reading that and being like very shocked by it right because it's like Oh God, like what a, what a, what a kind of depressing immediate kind of thought to have. Right. But you know, uh, that That's author, mathematicians have every day, but you know, what's interesting is that the person who suggested it, the character who suggested it in the book was a statistician, right. Which is like, let me look at numbers, right? Like, let me look at the people, mm -hmm. you know, the people out uh, as it were on the metaphorical, like outside of the right. herd. Right, but it's not even looking at people at that point. It's looking at numbers. I yeah, exactly. But it's like and and you know. Well, no, but no, you say you keep on seeing it as a reduction of people. I just think seeing it as changing the numbers to fit the problem. But it's but it's like, obviously like how many people would we need to so remain dehumanized? And obviously it's no, unacceptable, course, right? You, that's, you that's the point of my talk, right? Yeah. So I know how dehumanizing those kinds of things are, right? Yeah. I think that's the problem with a lot of mathematicians. Though. Yeah. No, it's crazy. And anyways, regardless. Um, I, I was like, wow, that, that, that is messed up. So then I kind of thought about the other elements of sacrifice, of human sacrifice, right? Um, my second point being climate, right? Where uh, at the onset of the COVID-19 um, lockdown, lockdowns certainly, um, there was a slight dip in carbon consumption, right? Because there was an immediate decrease of flights, of uh, car use, of um, due to working from home, like office space kind of uh, heating and lights and so on and so forth. Uh, but that actually a counter to what a lot of people thought uh, quickly plateaued and then immediately surged again. Yeah, um, actually, it's an all-time high again. Yeah, exactly. It's not an all-time high again. Um, third, of course, sac 
selfless sacrifice of a lot of frontline workers, right? And not just people in the healthcare industry uh, or healthcare spaces, but also uh, quote unquote essential workers, like, you know, those working in, you know, Amazon, um, what do they call fulfillment centers, right? Or uh, delivery drivers, delivery drivers sanitation workers. workers, workers. Yes, 100%. Uh, and then, of course, to talk about the actual uh, humans' uh, lives lost, right? In the U.S., border approaching 800,000, right? Uh, worldwide, uh, 5.15 million, right? Um, and then also, uh, and, and as we see this in Austria and in Europe, w the public health sacrifices that people are not willing to uh, abide by, right? Masking obviously being a very uh, controversial discussion, although I, I, I somewhat, you know, find it disheartening that it is so controversial. Staying at home, uh, you know, uh, when we're recording this, Austria, amongst other uh, European countries, have uh, imposed very strict lockdown procedures for those who are unvaccinated, who choose to be unvaccinated. Um, for everyone now. Yes. So um, <laughs> when I put in human sacrifice COVID-19, the top question I got, this is my number four, is can I still have uh, sex, <laughs> casual sex during the COVID-19 pandemic, which I thought was kind of funny. But, it, you know, once again, it does show you uh, in terms of like social life, nightlife, um, missing out on a lot of like milestones of, of modern day living. Right. Like a lot of people had to give that up in terms of graduations, trips. Um, have, having fun with friends, having fun with family. Casual sex. <laughs> Casual sex, clearly. No, I, I just say, it's, you know, it is true, right? Not to, uh, not to belittle it. The UK's top statistician during the COVID-19 pandemic yeah. lost his job because he ended up sleeping with someone in a casual sexual relationship Horrible. during lockdown. Horrible. Anyways, and then, um, of course, one of the top human sacrifices that I think both of you um, uh, didn't like um, religious sacrifice. <laughs> didn't didn't uh, very pointedly touch on was of course privacy, right? Like what does what does sacrificing one's oh, privacy look go. like? No, in in the modern Can't in the modern go era. On Facebook. I know, but of course you know we ha we we joke we joke about five G, right? We joke about this notion of like oh I don't want to get vaccinated because Bill Gates has secretly imposed whatever five G to be injected in my body and whatnot. That's I crazy. Mean, I would be down for it. I, I the signal I get on the subway is a train. <laughs> yeah, it must be nice. Fill all of the New Yorkers no. with 5G. <laughs> you know, but there are instances around the world, like Eastern Asia a lot, where um, in order to nowadays, certainly in 2020, um, enter the countries, uh, travel around, you had to um, constantly be traced on your phone, right? So they knew where you were, who you were interacting with. Um, and of course, with, you know, modern vaccine passports or checking yourself into places and stuff like that, a lot of people contend with that. Um, I won't comment too much about it. Um, but I will say uh, privacy is certainly uh, a modern uh, element of, of sacrifice. So I'm going to wrap up my talk. It's interesting that I think in the COVID-19 um, era, death is not the only, it is certainly paramount, right? Like it's certainly a top, <laughs> right? Like issue, but it is not the only issue that people are concerned with when it comes to sacrifice. Done. Wow. There you, a, there you go. There you go. There you go. So a summary of the kinds of human sacrifices. A, a review of contemporary sacrifices. A survey, if you will, in yeah. academic terms. Yeah. Oh, man. So academic. Oh, uh, oh my was, God. That was... Um, there's a lot of information, not a lot of not a lot of like like opinion, uh, which is a typical academic position, I would argue. Certainly, humanities one, anyways. Um, 
So while also saying that you are right and everyone else is wrong. There you, you go. You also have to Whilst have also it. not really claiming about being right or wrong about anything. Uh, oof a doof. Anyway, um, so you went, you I voted first once, you voted first once, so I think Rebecca's Yeah, you're gonna vote first and then we'll we'll go this way, yeah, I suppose. Why not? Oh man. Okay. Wow. Um I'm so sorry, but I uh Third time's charm again. Have to go for May. Yes. No. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. Just I thought that that was a really interesting take on that, um, and it was it definitely didn't border on fascism. <laughs> yeah. Also, I wasn't a stoned mess while I was researching and presenting. I kept my calm. I kept um, my cogency. But I just I thought that that was such a clever take on on the idea of sacrificing, especially since that there has been such a talk about sacrifice, like like you know people saying I shouldn't have to give this thing up, I shouldn't yeah. have to, or like is it really necessary yeah. that I do this thing or. Yeah. You know, so I think that that was just such an interesting direction. And and that's the at. thing about like why I didn't want to look at like Aztec civilization. So certainly, like you know, our guest supervisor who is in anthropology, I'm sure, kind of um, drew the prompt from her knowledge of kind of older, uh, you know, civilizations and stuff. But I think what's interesting with the COVID notion of sacrifice is it is coming out of a very modern notion of the individual, right? So mm. there you go. Um. Okay, my turn, I suppose. Um, I'm gonna give it to Becca. Because <laughs> once again, um, with her talk, I didn't have to constantly worry about whether or not we're gonna have to cut tons of things out. Um, no, but also I think it is. I think it is a very, very important. Um, facet of what sacrifice means especially in the modern era especially as more women are working but also more women are staying at home and like what constitutes as work what constitutes as like proud work right and like things things you can be proud of of telling people and you know what should be paid for what should be you know what 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 what, what should you have should security what should be valued exactly a hundred percent um and, and how can you value and how can you value unfortunately certainly in the u.s certainly in canada certainly in the UK, i would say that when it comes to women's labor when it comes to domestic labor we are nowhere close to where we should be unfortunately but i think your talk was very necessary um and, a, and an important reminder i think i mean I don't have a lot to add to that because let's be honest, like, I can't argue against feminism. <laughs> what? Well, uh, yeah, feminism and fascism? Oh boy, yeah. No, but no, no, I, no, but like, you are right. I think this is a big issue that I don't think, like, for a lot of people, even registers on the radar, yeah. right? Of like, you know, should women's labour, you know, and, and, and like domestic labour and yeah. familial labour be valued, right? And obviously, I mean, I would argue, I just would like that it should be. I think it's confusing, though, right? Like, it, it, it's, it's such an ingrained notion that it's just an expected thing. Um, that for a lot of, like, working-class communities and a lot of communities that don't have the privilege of being able to discuss this and pontificate on it in great length, uh, it's very difficult for them to... But anyway, um, what I would say is, is you know, like, I, I can't disagree with what you said, so... Um, no, I, I'm going to go for Becca as well. Yeah, very nice. Our, our winner. Woo! Okay. okay, so with that, let us yeah, wrap let's things wrap up. up. Uh, so um, if you want to follow us on Twitter, uh, you can find us at Live in Viva. That's L-I-V-I-N-V-I-V-A. Uh, that's Live in Viva. Uh, without the G, obviously. 
Uh, if you want to find us on Facebook, you can find us at Living La Viva Voce. Again, that's L O V I N, uh, no G. Uh, so just you know, punch it in, I'm sure you'll find us quite easily. Um, if you want to, if you're enjoying what you hear, um, don't forget to subscribe to us on your favourite podcast service, whether that's your know, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you know, Spotify, wherever you're picking this up, you know, and we're in a lot of different places, you know, if you just smash that subscribe button, you just smash that like you know, tune in button, um, you know, you'll get a notification each week, every week we drop an episode, you know, and we're 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 pretty good on that. And you know, if you're having a hard time finding us, you're having a hard time sharing this with your friends, um, you just remember that it's spelled L-I-V-I-N with an apostrophe. Apostrophe, yeah. Um, so drop the G, add an apostrophe. I've got to go. we got to fix that. It's going to be gone soon. Yes. But for now, you know, uh, live in La Viva Voce can be found with an apostrophe. And Becca, before we sign off, do you want to uh, drop any um, handles, any any self-promotion? Yeah, yet again, if you want to check out my TikTok, it's at B-E-C-X-J-O-Y. And I guess this is the third out of third episode. So thank you both so much for having yes. me here. And I know. We'll see. Okay. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I've been Meg. I've been Adam. And I've been Becca. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye. Bye.